How to establish user intent using data with Edward Ford. The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands, all in a customized, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com. Hey, it's David. You're probably hearing a lot more about user intent nowadays, but how do you establish user intent? And is it possible to establish user intent using data? That's what we're discussing today with a man who's been with his current company from startup days. He's previously worked at growth marketing agency Advance B2B and is currently head of demand gen at Supermetrics. A warm welcome to the Strategic Marketing Show, Edward Ford. David, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Edward. Great to, to have you on. Well, you can find Edward over at supermetrics.com. So, Edward, how do you establish user intent using data? Yeah, I guess it's a it's a big question um, to kind of unpack. And I think really the first thing is to just understand what is user intent, like what, what is intent. And really it's about a person is trying to do or find something on the internet or on your website. And as a marketer, you need to kind of understand those levels of intent, like what is what is motivating someone to do something and so you can use data and, and you need to use your own intuition. I think it's a combination of the two because I think really it, it's about understanding levels of user intent. You can have extremely high intent uh, activities and, and actions and you can have low intent. I think a very simple example could be traffic to your website. If you're a B2B company and you're looking at overall traffic coming into your website, it's quite hard to understand the intent because there are so many different people coming to your website for so many different reasons. But let's say as a marketer, traffic to an on-demand demo, there there's a higher level of intent. And if we're speaking about intent around purchase intent um, and, and actually buying your products and services. So the starting point is that you kind of really need to understand these different levels of intent and only then can you track and and understand it and i think one other example i can give from supermetrics um is is the following and as context we basically just help marketers move their marketing data from all your different marketing and sales platforms into different reporting and analytics tools so if you need to bring together data from like say facebook ads google ads linkedin ads twitter ads google analytics HubSpot and Salesforce, then you can build out full funnel reports and you need to bring that into, say, Microsoft Excel as a spreadsheet to do some analysis, Data Studio, um, if you want to build some dashboards or into a data warehouse or a, a cloud storage platform so that your data team can centralize and orchestrate the data. We just move, help, help marketing teams move that data. And our products are based on the destinations where you can bring that data to. And so if we take three different destinations that we have as products, let's take Google Data Studio for building dashboards, Microsoft Excel for spreadsheets, and Google Cloud um, for, for cloud storage. So let's say someone types Data Studio into Google. We know, and, and, and let's say someone types in Microsoft Excel and someone types in Google Cloud. So we know that if someone's searching for Data Studio, there is 
somewhat higher level of intent to purchase our product than say the other two search terms because we know Google Data Studio is a product built exclusively for marketers, Mm -hmm. primarily digital marketers who need to bring in marketing data from all those major platforms into a dashboarding solution. Whereas Microsoft Excel, anyone could be searching for Microsoft Excel. Only a small fraction of those people might be digital marketers who are working in the relevant space uh, who could then potentially get value from Supermetrics. And then Google Cloud is an even bigger thing because you have what we found a bunch of um, consumers as well who are just looking how to increase storage on their Android mobile phone. And so those three search terms are very top of funnel. They are not really tied to Supermetrics, but they're tied to the products and the space that we work in. Yet all three of those will indicate varying levels of intent. And for us, it kind of helps inform our strategy in terms of, you know, who do we even be bidding on these keywords? Data Studio, maybe it makes more sense. Um, Google Cloud, absolutely not. That's just too broad. Um, so so again, this is this is another example. And and uh, again, I think, you know, if, if someone is searching Supermetrics pricing, again, there's a lot of different levels of intent and motivation behind that search. There could be prospect, uh, prospective customers deep in the buying process. Perfect. That's that's super, super important. Or it could be a market researcher from a VC company who's, say, potentially analyzing us uh, as, as an investment opportunity. Or it could be a product marketer from one of our main competitors who's working on a Supermetrics versus us article or a comparison piece. Um, so a lot of people will say that, you know, there's a high intent behind Supermetrics pricing search. Yes, in many cases, and, and that's something we want to look at. But you also need to understand what other levels of intent or motivations that people have to type that into Google and, and and research us from that perspective. So yeah, you can track and 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 kind of think about intent, but really I think the most important and, and you can use data, but I think the most important thing is how do you interpret that? That that I think is key. Yeah, I, I mean there's, there's there's many different angles that I could take from what you've just shared there as well. You started off initially talking about purchase intent. Um, I think you touched upon informational intent as well. And I think you even almost touched upon personas as well. And the fact that um, perhaps what a company could do is blend a persona with intent to produce a bespoke level of intent. Is, is, is that something that um, you would advise marketers to do? So if you just open that up a bit more, what what do you mean by that? Okay. Um, so if you have defined that um, your ideal target consumer is someone who works in a large organization and uh, is a marketer who's been in there for three or four years and use, uses these particular tools, um, then from that you've, you've kind of defined a particular persona that you're writing content for. So then you can... I guess, write content for the persona, but also the persona for different stages of the journey. So you've got a blend between the intent and the persona um, to really personalize why you're writing what you're writing. Right, yeah, 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 So exactly. So I guess if you have different personas, there could be a greater likelihood that some of those would buy compared to others. So kind of taking that persona level uh, and really thinking about their customer journey and, and the different stages in the buying journey 
and then creating content that are aligned with the level of intent at each stage um, is is also another way to think about this. So yeah, I guess intent comes in many different shapes and sizes uh, and really just figuring it out is the starting point because once you've understood that, it becomes much easier to to do marketing and to create content and to basically align what you're doing with the motivations and, and objectives of, of the different people you're trying to reach. So if um, we're just being a little bit more simple in terms of how we're breaking down intent and we're just focusing on perhaps informational and purchase orientated intent, how can we use data to track what stage different prospects are at and then ensure that the, the next interaction that they encounter with our brands um, is appropriate and, and tied to their level of intent. Yeah, so I think that that's a good distinction to make and maybe it makes this conversation easier to define what we, we mean by intent. And, and at Supermetrics and in, in our marketing team, when we speak of intent, we're, we're basically speaking about purchase intent. So low intent earlier on in that journey or if certain actions are taken and then high intent further down that journey. And really, I think it's about defining how you want to measure those different levels and stages and then kind of building out models and funnels and KPIs that will measure the effectiveness of of those stages and where people are um, on that journey. Uh, So a lot of things that we might look at at the start of the journey at Supermetrics, for example, um, could be at trials or, or demo requests that's often the sort of entry point into into the funnel, even though there's a lot of things happening before that, visiting the website, maybe listening to the podcast, reading about us uh, on uh, different uh, competitor comparison pieces or in places like G2 uh, to get an idea of what we do. But then really looking at what that user journey is and how can you kind of support people based on on the stage they're at. So... um, those, I think, are that, that's probably the starting point in terms of looking at the performance of, uh, of, of your marketing from an intent perspective and, and making sure that the journey that you build is aligned with supporting people to, to kind of understand what it is you do and, and to move down that journey so that eventually they can make a decision. Do I want to become a customer and, and do I see enough value in this that, that I want to make a purchase? I think it would be useful to also dive into the type of content that's likely to resonate with prospects, uh, prospective customers at different stages of intent. Um, again, perhaps informational versus uh, almost ready to, to to make a purchase. So, so is there a particular style or um, structure of content that that you would recommend if someone? is at the informational stage versus at the almost ready to buy stage? Yeah, and I think there are other ways you can kind of think about this to make it easier. I think marketers typically use the funnel, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel to define those steps. Something that we're doing more more and more now at Supermetrics is thinking about things from uh, a demand creation and a demand capture perspective. So a lot of what we do... uh, in, in the demand gen team is based on the simple um, formula that demand generation equals demand creation plus demand capture. And this helps you understand where people are in the buying journey, what their level of intent is at that stage and what sort of content would make sense at those stages. So 
if we think about the total addressable market for not just supermetrics, any product, it can be your product. Uh, and uh, this line of thinking is, is heavily influenced by Chris Walker and Refine Labs. They've been speaking a lot about this in the last year or two. Only a small fraction of that total addressable market will be in a buying cycle or an active solution-seeking process at any given time. And the vast majority of people who could get value from your product are are not actively in a buying cycle. So you could say that only 5% of that total addressable market are actively looking and the other 95% are not. So you need to start creating demand and reaching that 95% so that people firstly understand what you do, they know about you, you have strong brand awareness, build some brand affinity, so that eventually if people see the value or in a position where now is the time to invest in, in this area, your top of mind and your solution is already kind of front and center. So you're giving yourself a head start and then you move into the demand capture phase. So if you've done your job well, you should already have have that head start, but then it's really about just enabling people to understand the value of your product, try out the product, see for themselves, uh, have good um, product marketing materials. Uh, and depending if it's self-serve or sales assisted, you'll need to obviously have strong alignment with both of those funnels. So that means working with product teams typically on self-serve and sales teams on sales assisted. Uh, and so what we see is that um, a lot of a lot of marketing teams might focus purely on the demand capture. And, and of course, that's something that we do a lot of uh, as well. And, and things that we do in that area are um, blog articles and content that is written for search. So our kind of classic SEO play is is really driven around demand capture and what we mean by that is that we are targeting long tail high intent and typically low volume keywords where someone has a clear task they need to do so kind of using the jobs to be done formula and we know that if people are searching for something like bring performance data into spreadsheet for example we know that there is a relatively strong signal that they would get a lot of value out of our product because that's exactly what we enable performance marketers to do in that case. Um, another one could be how to perform an SEO content audit. Again, no direct intent to buy supermetrics, but our product enables a marketer to do that. So if we can answer that query, that keyword with a really helpful article, then there is a you know, hopefully a strong likelihood we could then convert that, that person into um, a customer and a fan of our product. So a lot of our content is quite long form. It's how to, it's bringing the product in quite naturally without overly selling it. Um, and that has worked typically well uh, for us. It's also a lot of competitor comparison pieces. So um, competitor alternatives uh, are, are common keywords to target supermetrics versus competitor X, competitor Y, competitor Z, etc. Sales enablement material, pricing, um, a lot of like website pages will fall into this category. But then in terms of the, the lower intent, it's really about building awareness for the problem you solve. It's about building awareness for the problem the industry is facing and it's building awareness for your role in that and how you enable your potential customer to, to basically excel and, and benefit and, and gain value from what it is that you provide. Uh, and so there's a lot of ways you can do that. For example, SEO and, and organic is maybe not the best way to do that. 
Um, so it's a lot of content built for social, it's built for events, it's built for video and webinars, it's built for podcasts. Uh, and so that's like a, a good content mix for demand creation, more sort of lower buying intent, but still really, really important in terms of building that future demand. Um, so those are a few ways to kind of think about content for people earlier on in that journey with less intent and content for people further down that journey with with a little more buying intent. So I'm sure your sales cycle can be fairly long at Supermetrics, like many enterprise B2B brands. So if a brand has a long sales cycle and you're talking about that informational content again, how do you measure the ROI of someone consuming that content if it's going to be a long time away from them potentially making a purchase from you? Really what we do is is focus on doing the things we know make sense and we know work and we know that customers get a lot of value out of. Um, so we, we look at blended CAC uh, as a way to kind of just understand how efficient is our overall commercial go-to-market. Um, you can, of course, break that down by by channel and so forth. But I think as well, it, it's also pretty difficult to get at what is the ROI of this sales enablement PDF I created um, where you know that, okay, you were able to close deals before that, but it's just making the lives of all your sales reps and it's making it much easier for customers to to understand what you do and to to kind of get across the line through that sales cycle. Um, so I think kind of look at the big picture and understand the efficiencies of, of how you're performing. But at the same time, I don't know if it's possible to get a ROI of every specific piece of content that you have for the sales assisted piece itself. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it would be perfect in a perfect world. It'd be great to have a, a simple ROI of every activity and every piece of material you created. Um, but I think getting an overview of where you stand on a, on a higher level uh, and then maybe getting into by channel uh, is is probably a good starting point at least. Do you have an example of using data to inform an overarching marketing strategy? So uh, perhaps at the end of the year or whenever you actually put together your marketing strategy for the coming year, um, how do you actually use data and how does that inform that strategy? We have, um, I have one really cool example I, I can give you that was a great example of how data can inform, I think not just just marketing strategy, but but the whole brand strategy. Um, so what we did uh, during last year towards the end of the year was was to basically come together as a team and say, okay, Supermetrics has grown to this size. We're getting quite big now. We're in the data space. We're working with organizations of all shapes and sizes. We're gaining increasing interest from large enterprise. Deal sizes are getting bigger. Sales cycles are getting a little bit longer, um, even though they're not super long. And we asked, is the brand really where it should be? And there were some things to, to kind of consider in addition to what I just said, in that, yes, we're kind of moving up market. Deal sizes are getting bigger. There's a lot of enterprise interest. We're going more sales assisted from self-serve. But still, our self-serve funnel is a big differentiator. We make the product really accessible to small businesses. Um, even one-person consultancies can just come in and buy Supermetrics straight through the website, relatively low ACV. And we've always 
resonated or connected well with with the marketing um, SMB uh, space, the hands-on practitioners. And so we asked, do we kind of move in that emerging startup-y approachable direction or do we move into this more established, this more trustworthy, this more corporate direction? And I would say that the brand was somewhere in between. Uh, And so everyone had an opinion, but without data, you're just another person with an opinion, uh, as the saying goes. So we said, let's test it. Let's do a full funnel brand test. So what we did, uh, and this is where it gets super interesting, we built out two different brand identities for Supermetrics. One was like super startup-y, super emerging. And then the other was super corporate, super stiff. And we pushed really, really hard in both directions, even though we knew we don't want to, we don't want to be that far in either direction. But for the sake of the test, let's just push super hard. And we built two different landing pages in both those styles. We built a full set of uh, funnel ads across Facebook. Um, we did YouTube video. Uh, we did others. We were bidding on on paid search as well. Um, and we looked at nine different tests across the funnel. And one of them was by far and away the strong outperformer. It won on seven of the nine tests. One was a, um, uh, a no result and the other was an statistically insignificant to the other variant. So it was almost sort of a, a total clear signal from the market which of these identities resonated most with our audience. And we kept everything as fair as possible, everything as, as similar as possible. All we did was basically change the, the visuals and the wording and the copy to deliver the, the, the exact same message. Uh, and so that just defined our, our brand strategy. We said, okay, the data is clearly showing this. We're seeing an uplift in all these key numbers. We're seeing increased performance, increased time on site, increased conversion, let's just go with it. And it was funny because people had strong opinions during the test. Like, oh, I really, really hope this one wins because I like it more. I feel like this is maybe more the supermetrics that I see going forward. And some people were very much in the other one, like, oh, I really hope this one wins. And then in the end of the day, we just let the numbers decide. Um, and and uh, so that was, I think, a great example of of how data informed our brand strategy um, and, and then in addition to things like that, you, of course, you can look at what is really driving results for you. Uh, where are you getting the best return um, for your investment? And also just looking at, at um, in, in addition to that, where, where you see the opportunity to make some bets. Because also, as you go into a new year, there could be new channels that you want to invest in. We've kind of layered on things over time at Supermetrics. Um, we started off with pretty much marketplaces, paid, and uh, SEO as the major channels we focused on. We've laid on podcast, video, community, CX, social. Um, and so sometimes you just got to roll the dice, make some bets, and then look at the performance, look at the data and see, is this making sense for us? Is it working? Is it uh, enabling us to grow faster? And there are various ways you can kind of assess the performance of those. So yeah, I think those uh, are kind of some examples of, of how you can use data to to inform what it is you do and, and your strategy. And, and I think the brand test is cool because um, we just really let the market decide and we let the data show us. And as far as I'm aware, I've not heard of any other company do something on that scale. So that was a, a really cool project to be part of.
Superb example. Well, let's uh, move on from talking about what you're doing with data at the moment to planning for the future. So in your opinion, what is the biggest marketing trend or challenge that marketers face over the coming year? Yeah, I guess there's a lot. There's, there's so much uh, happening in marketing right now. Um, I think particularly around the, the current market situation and trying to do more with less and, and kind of cost cutting. And what I think is going to be challenging is how do you make sure you're investing in both demand capture and demand creation? Because when budgets get cut and times get tough, it's very easy to default to short-term investments on a lot of demand capture, paid search, bottom of funnel activity. But I think also making sure you have budget and buy-in to, to still build the brand, build awareness. It's a good time to do it. Um, and so I think that's that's going to be one challenge. And of course, tied to that is, is how do you then use data to your advantage and get the most out of your data and understand how those different activities and channels are performing. I think the companies who are better able and better equipped to work and make use of all their data are the ones that are going to succeed as well, particularly in the coming year in the situation we're in. So there's so much data available, but are you really using it to, to your maximum potential, using it to inform your decisions, using it to, to guide where you should focus? So I think those are going to be some of the, the big things that the marketers, marketing teams, and, and particularly marketing leaders and execs will be looking at in the next next year or so. I've been your host, Eva Bain. You can find Edward Ford over at supermetrics.com. Edward, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show. Oh, thanks, David. My pleasure. This is a blast. And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple. To connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems, all in one place. InsightsforProfessionals.com